Chapter 27, reading from verse 8 to 13. We moved along the coast with difficulty and came to a place called Fair Haven near the town of Lassia. Much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the fast. So Paul warned them, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete, facing both southwest and northwest. We also read from John chapter 6. John chapter 6, reading from 22 to 27, and then 60 to 69. John 6, 22. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. 
Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get there? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then I will jump to 60 to 69. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. 67. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Then Simon answered him, Lord! To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Oh, hallelujah. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Amen. And then we'll take our last reading from First Peter, sorry, First Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. First Timothy chapter 1. Verse 19. Holding on to faith and a good conscience, some have rejected these and so have shipwrecked their faith. Father, we thank you this morning. We sit at your feet once again. We ask that you speak to us the words of life, enlighten the eyes of our understanding that we may behold the wondrous truths which are in your word. Amen. Paul had been taken prisoner in Jerusalem. And he had gone through trial both in Jerusalem and in Caesarea Philippi under the governors Felix and Festus, and then also King Agrippa. And whilst he was in Jerusalem, the Jews had plotted to use some dubious means to kill him. And because of that, he was moved from there as a prisoner to Caesarea, under the watch of the governor. And when Festus became governor, the Jews went again to him and requested that Paul should be sent back to Jerusalem for obvious reasons. They had their own diabolical intentions. And so Paul put this, sorry, Festus put this request before Paul and asked him if he was willing to be tried in Jerusalem. And Bible says that Paul, knowing the intentions the Jews had for him, appealed to Caesar. In other words, he said that he would rather be tried in the court of Caesar. And so, arrangements were made for him to be transported from Caesarea to Rome, where he would be tried. And that is how 
Paul's journey to Rome started. There were other prisoners with Paul and some brothers who were with him. And they were traveling under the watch of a Roman centurion. Now, Bible says that the weather was unfavorable. It was a difficult journey when they set off. Storms here and there. And the storms started blowing and it made the voyage so difficult. And so without their own choosing, Bible says that the windstorm carried them and diverted their course to a harbor which the Bible calls fair havens. I don't know why the name fair havens, but if there is anything to be gleaned from the name, I can say that this was a good harbor. Referring to the dictionary, fair means beautiful, something desirable, something lovely, something which does not have a foul smell or something which is not stormy. And then when you come to heavens, heavens stands for a refuge, a shelter, a place where humans and animals feel safe, secure, and happy. Another definition says that it is a place with favorable conditions and opportunities. That is the meaning of heaven. And so, the difficulties of their voyage, the storms that they were facing, had some way, somehow, diverted their course. And it landed them nowhere but in this port which is called Fair Havens. Hallelujah. I believe that in life, most of us have also had our own odysseys. The winds and the storms of life have battered us and beaten our ship. We've had many challenges. But thanks be to God, when the storms of life were blowing, they directed our course and brought us to the port where Jesus is. Oh, hallelujah. We have come to our own fair heavens, our own place of favorable conditions and opportunities, our place of refuge and safety. But this is where the story gets interesting. The Bible says that after some time, a decision was taken that people, we can no longer stay here. There was another port called Phoenix. And so they decided that we have spent enough time in Port Fair Havens. Let us move on to Phoenix. And that is when, as we read, Paul was advising them that, brothers, I can perceive that this journey we want to embark on, it will not end well for us. We are not going to lose only the ship and the cargo, but if we are not careful, we may lose our own lives. 
But Bible says that the owner of the ship and the pilot, they called the centurion aside and said, oh, forget about this prisoner. I'm sure he's just trying to buy time so that his prison term will be deferred. Let us move on to Phoenix. The Bible does not state clearly what their reasons were. But these were businessmen. The ship owner and the pilot. And you know, Fair Heavens was more or less a deserted port. There was no commerce going on at that place. And so these people being profit-driven, consider that, I mean, this is a cargo ship. We have merchandise to trade. If we could only get to, Fair he- uh, to Phoenix, we can trade some of our cargo and get money. We can discharge our goods and probably get some other goods to fill our ship. And that will bring in more money. The pilots probably had a timeline to meet. I have to get to this port by this time, get to the next port by this time. If I don't move now, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be behind. And it is a competitive world. So the longer you stay in fair heavens, other ships are not waiting for you. So you are losing business. And that was their consideration. Let us move on. Because we have timelines. We have business opportunities that we need to take advantage of. Beloved, sometimes when you consider the things around you, it may seem like you are wasting time in fair heavens. Recently, I was doing a scan for a young lady And after I finished, she asked me, Doctor, so can I give birth? And I told her, my dear lady, I don't know. I mean, she had some fibroids. But I've seen women with fibroids as big as my head who have given birth to triplets. And other women whose wombs are as clean as anything and yet they are struggling to give birth. So I cannot just look at your face and say that, oh, you, you give birth, or you, you can't. And then this woman breaks down in tears. And I ask her, oh, what's the problem? And she says, I blame God. I blame God. And I said, oh, why? And she said, when we started out in life, They told us, don't fornicate, don't chase boys. And I did all that. I have cousins and nieces. They were all over the place. Abortions almost every three months. And when we got married, they have given birth. And me, from one fertility treatment to another fertility treatment, why? So for her, she had wasted her time trying to be holy. And I told her that we we don't serve God on contract basis. And you see, the the goodness we think we are doing 
If God should pull down his marking scheme and start checking, obey you know our reporter. The psalmist got to this point in life. Let's read something from Psalm 73. Psalm 73. It says, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Then he starts, But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. Haven't you had those thoughts? Sometimes when you look at, I mean, the slave queens and, and the people of the world, you think, oh, why am I wasting my time in this church, in this Christianity business? They have no worries. It seems. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil conceits of their minds know no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. In their arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? This is what the wicked are like. Always carefree. They increase in wealth. Surely in vain. Verse 12. Surely in vain. Have I kept my heart pure? In vain I have washed my hands in innocence. This is where the lady had got into. I have wasted time in fair heavens. People are doing good business. Young lady, you have goods that you can trade for money. Hello? But we are saying that stay in fair heavens. But when you consider, other ships are moving. They are trading. Making good money. And you are telling us to stay here. No, 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 Paul. We can't stay here. We have to move to Phoenix. Verse 16. When I tried to understand all this, it was oppressive to me. And then verse 17, he says, Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. What, what are the considerations? Probably you are holding your own timetable. Sometimes we give God ultimatums. This year, power, dear God, if I don't marry, you will see my back. <laughs> because we have drawn our own timetable. By 40, I must build my house. I must have a car. So have my children who will be traveling the world, vacation here and there. It is good to have ambition and to work hard for it. But if you make that the driving force of your life, sometimes when God wants to pause you so that you can listen, Paul said, I perceive that this, this journey is going to be disastrous, brothers. We will lose the ship. We'll lose the cargo. 
And if we are not careful, maybe our whole lives. But the people had other considerations. We have to meet our deadlines. We have to meet our targets. And so even though it is dangerous, we will still move. We will move. We will move. What are your considerations? The second point. The Bible says that fair heavens was not suitable to winter in. It was cold. And the harbor was not suitable for wintering in. And because of that, they, they just wanted to be in a hurry to move away from fair havens. But you see, winter is just a season. It was not going to be wintering at perpetuum. The book of Genesis says that as long as this earth remains, there will be day and night, seed time and harvest time, summer and winter. And so, winter will come. The cold seasons of life will come. But know that it is only a transient, fleeting season. And you don't take permanent decisions because of temporary conditions. Fair heavens was not suitable for winter. But winter was passing away. There was a man called Elimelech. The wife was called Naomi. They had two sons, Malon and Kilion. Bible says they lived in Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem means the land of bread. Other translations say the land of meat. And another one says the fruitful land. But brothers and sisters, there came a time in the land of bread, there was no bread. In the land of meat, there was no meat. In the fruitful land, there was no fruitfulness. And what was the decision of Elimelech and the family? Oh, we can't stay here. This, this, this famine. No, 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 no. Let's go, let's go. And they moved their sins into the land of Moab. Moab was a cursed land. It was built by the daughter, the, the son which Lord's daughter gave birth to after he, she had an incestuous relation with her own father. And because of their evil relations with Israel, God had placed a curse on Moab. But because the land of bread was not producing bread for a season, Elimelech and the family moved from Bethlehem and they went to Moab. But the famine was just for a season. So Bible says that after some time in the land of Moab, Naomi heard that the famine in Bethlehem is over. The famine is over. And she said, then let me go back. And 
When she got to Bethlehem, Bible says that some women saw her and they exclaimed, Hey, could this be Naomi? That is how gossip starts. You are seeing Naomi standing there. You are asking, could this be Naomi? No, it is her luggage. She is coming. Could this be Naomi? But you see, what it tells us is that there were people who knew Naomi. And when she was leaving, they were there. When she left, the famine did not kill them. They stayed. She has gone and come back. And they are there. The thing that you think, let me go, let me go. Others have stayed and they have progressed. But you said, no, I can't. Let me go away. When she came, the Bible says that it was the season for harvest. It means that Bethlehem had become fruitful again. People were growing and harvesting. But she, she came and when they called her name Naomi, which means pleasantness, she said, don't call me Naomi. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, which means bitterness. Because when I was going, my hands were full. I had a husband. I had two sons. But because of famine, which is passing away, I moved from Bethlehem. And now I have come back a widow. And the only person I have with me is another widow. My two sons, dead. My husband, dead. I'm now coming to start from ground zero. God have mercy on us. Don't take permanent decisions because of transient conditions. The other consideration, Bible says that the sailors, they all decided that we, we can't stay in fair havens. And for me, I think that their reason for wanting to leave is because of pleasure. You know, when you go to port cities, like Tema and Takrade, the place they pop. There are women. There is booze. All the fanfare in the world. Because when the seafarers come, they have cash to spend. And this was winter for crying out loud. They needed something to keep them warm. And so fair havens was not a good place to stay for the winter. So when they put the vote, all those in favor of the motion say aye. And the chorus went, aye. Those against the motion say nay. And it was a silent voice. Paul said, let us not go. But the majority had it. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, Paul said that Demas has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica, loving this present world. Demas was an associate of Paul, but because of pleasure, Thessalonica was a place of pleasure. 
And so he deserted Paul. Let me go to Thessalonica. What are your considerations? What is pushing you away from fair havens? And you know, when they were taking this decision, when you read the Bible, the Bible says that a gentle, cool breeze started to blow. And when they saw it, they said that, oh, this is our indication that our journey is going to be well. The air was so calm and gentle. People, Satan is always in campaign mood. He's always goading you. I went to visit my sister in Michelle Camp just this last Thursday, and she was telling me, before the elections, they came to fix street lights from the main road throughout the camp. And when you stood there and you watched, you thought you think you are in, in, in overseas. And then two weeks after the election, I don't know if they came to remove all the bulbs. <laughs> or maybe the, the street lights were programmed to function for just three weeks. Not even one turns on again. From Kasua New Market to my house, if every time I'm driving and I get there, I ask myself, how did these guys pull this off? From 21st November to 21st December, all the potholes were sealed. And then after 21st December, I don't know, maybe the person they bought the sound from, they didn't pay him. The potholes have now become gullies. Satan is always in campaign mode, just goading you. Oh, gentle breeze, cool breeze. And so the Bible says that they weighed their anchor, set their sail, and started moving. But not long after they had set off, then a windstorm arose. The name of the windstorm cry is what kills me. It's called Eurocliden or the Northeaster. Violent windstorm. And it started blowing. And the Bible says the sailors had to now tie the ship with ropes while they were still on the sea, because the ship was falling apart. And at a point, they didn't know where they were going, because in those times, they didn't have compasses. They had to use the stars to show them where north is, and then it will guide them. But for several days, there were no stars in the clouds. Very dark. They were just rigmaroling. A bomb okoha. When you go home, you can read the whole chapter. For two weeks, the men could not eat nor drink. They were all afraid. And the interesting thing is that the sailors who took the decision that, oh, let us go. Bible says that it got to a point, they dropped ropes from the ship. And they told the occupants of the ship that, oh, we are going down to do some repair works. But their intention was that they wanted to abandon ship and leave the people in the ship. Oh, come and let's go. When the storms arise, <laughs> you hear from them. This is fair havens. This is fair havens. Hebrews chapter 6. It says that 
But we have an anchor of our soul, which is both sure and steadfast. And that anchor is Jesus Christ. You have come to your fair heavens. Don't be deceived by any considerations. And decide that I want to move away. Because it seems that phonics is popping. Phonics is appealing. The people in phonics are enjoying. In the end, they crash landed. The ship was wrecked. And all the goods, all the cargo, that was on the ship. At a point, they themselves were carrying them and throwing them into the sea. Because water was entering the ship and making the ship heavy. So they had to do something to make the ship light. So, Emoa, no masasa, into the sea. Benz, no masu into the sea. At that point, nothing was valuable to them again. They were struggling for dear life. But thanks to God, Paul was on the ship. And because of the association with Paul, an angel of the Lord appeared to Paul and said, Don't be afraid. Neither you nor the men with you will lose their lives. Maybe you have taken the decision and gone. But today, Jesus is saying that if only you come back to fair havens, to the port of safety, the port of refuge, he will secure you with his ankle. Hallelujah. Sometimes the things that push us away are that the, the, the principles of the Christian kingdom are too hard. It is not a walk in the park. Butter my bread, sugar my cocoa. Those moments are there. But that is not all about Christianity. Sometimes we want to hear only good things. Prophesy, yes. Anointing But when you give them hard meat, they will say that, oh, yes, when chile chile idiot, I know a day, a more Bible says the people were following Jesus. Now, yes, five loaves of bread, two fishes. Then he would pray over it and it becomes plenty. Then they will eat. Yeah, Messiah, Messiah, Messiah. Yeah. Another day, he will give them food. And so, Bible says that one day they went to where they knew they could find Jesus. When they went, he wasn't there. And they sat in their canoes and cross over to the other side. And when they saw Jesus, they said, Oh, yes. And Jesus told them, I know you. You are not coming because of the word. That is why you are coming. And they said, Oh, Jesus, and Tessau, we want to do the works of God. So show us how to do the works of God. And Jesus started talking to them about the cross, about sacrifice, about the blood. And when he started, the Bible says that they told Jesus, Jesus, as for this, your teaching is too hard. Edi <laughs> 
is too hard. And so sadly, Bible says from that day, most of his disciples, they all went away. And Jesus asked the twelve, will you also follow them? Will you also follow them? And that is when Peter responded, Lord, to whom shall we go? You are the one who have the words of eternal life. And we have believed. Will you also go? That is what God is asking you this morning. Yes, to take him at his word. Just to live upon his promise. And to know that says the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, I trust you. How I proved you, oh, and oh, Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him, oh, Jesus, Jesus, how I how I prove him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. My last quotation, and I'll bring my message to an end. Acts chapter 24. Verse 24. Several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was a Jewess. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. Verse 25. As Paul discussed on righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Felix was afraid and said, that is enough for now. It is enough for now. You may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. The governor had called Paul. I want to hear about Jesus. I don't know what he was expecting to hear. Maybe that, oh, great Felix. When you come to Jesus, he is going to promote you. Very soon you will become the next Caesar. A gentleman had a dream. Went to a pastor. Say, oh, pastor, my son died. My son And a pastor said, hey, I will Pastor, And a pastor say, And Pastor Pastor, Pastor We want to hear sweet things. Bible says that Paul started talking to him about righteousness, about self-control, and about the judgment to come. 
Otiye no bibi ye no say Paul eye famisi he ya I will send for you when it is convenient What are you deferring in your life for later This morning God is making a clarion call You have come to your fair heavens This is the place of safety Paul said that some have neglected faith and good conscience and because of that they have shipwrecked their faith May God be gracious unto us and help us to remain in fair havens and not take any hasty decisions to want to live for the world yonder because over there you may lose your ship you may lose your cargo or you may lose your life God bless us